folks, welcome to another edition of the CIC cast. It is a Friday heading into the weekend here, and we wanted to follow up on our CIC cast of last week. Yes, this is two consecutive weeks with a CIC podcast. Consider yourselves uh, incredibly fortunate that uh, we've been able to put together this kind of uh, kind of schedule to uh, to cover some high school sports. But we wanted to, as I promised last week, follow up and, and try to put a bow on our CIC spring championship coverage. So we've got a couple guests coming up today that are going to help us walk through some of the other uh, championships that we did not cover last week. So we're going to have uh, with us Mary Albel from the uh, from diestat.com. She's going to kind of give us a recap of all of the CIC track and field championships along with covering how some of those athletes did at some of the uh, regional and national competitions. Uh, we are going to talk to Kurt Burns, who is the head coach of the Class M champion Newington Boys Volleyball team, to talk a little bit about their season. And then, as promised last week, and we're going to uh, be able to get it out here this time, we hope. We're still trying to uh, track him down and get him on the phone, but Don Boyle of the NFHS Network is going to walk through uh, the boys' baseball championships uh, and maybe talk a little tennis as well. He was at uh, the Connecticut Tennis Center to catch the uh, finals of the doubles and singles state open. So we may uh, hit on a little bit of that as well. So that's what's on tap for this edition of the CIC cast. Going to be kind of our final, uh, our final championship talk uh, of the spring season. We know there's, uh, we're not covering every everything. We got a few sports that we weren't able to get to, uh, but uh, hopefully this has been a, a good recap of all of the championship action, and you'll enjoy hearing what these folks had to say about the uh, about the spring championship season. So coming up, that's who we've got on tap. Let's quickly talk about a few of the ways that you can uh, can listen to the CIAC cast. As always, you can find us on CIACsports.com. You can look for the CIAC cast link. All of the episodes are there for you to, uh, to listen to right there on the website. You can, of course, also subscribe, which we would love if you would do for us. Go on the, uh, the, Apple, Pi- the Apple Podcast uh, app. You can subscribe to the CIAC cast there. And if you do it that way, we would love if you would uh, rate us and uh, leave us a review as well. That's a good way for us to get a feeling for how many folks are checking out the podcast there and uh, and choosing to subscribe. So we hope you will consider that as well. That's just a few of the ways that you can uh, check out the podcast. We, of course, also always tweet out a link to the CIC cast when it posts, so you should be following us on Twitter at CICsports.com, not just for the podcast, but for all sorts of uh, information, news. We've got uh, something exciting coming up. I think we're probably going to launch it next week, but uh, I'll tease it there, a, a little fun uh competition kind of uh, thing that we're going to get uh, get going on CICsports.com. So be sure to follow us on Twitter at CICsports to get up-to-date information there about what we're doing. Uh, also follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash CICsports. We post things there as well. So uh, And, of course, CICsports.com. That's your, uh, that's your one-stop shop for all kinds of information. The fall sports schedules have been posted, believe it or not. You want to start uh, figuring out uh, what you're going to be doing with your fall sports, uh, your, your schedule in the fall, where you're going to be going, what games you're going to want to check out. It's all right there at CICsports.com. And, of course, you can check out Tournament Central. That's got all the information from the past uh, spring championships. And at some point during the summer, it'll flip over into uh, the 2017-18 season, believe it or not. So we'll be doing that probably in a few weeks. 
But uh, for now, all kinds of good information from uh, this past year. And uh, we also always encourage, I always talk about signing up for email or text alerts. That's not just for the CIAC tournaments. You can do that for regular season events. You can sign up for specific schools uh, and get updates if they've changed their schedules, if games are getting uh, rained out, postponed, any of that good stuff. You can do that there as well. So lots of good things you uh, you could be doing there at CIACsports.com. Again, follow us on Twitter at CIAC Sports and subscribe to the podcast. We'd really love it if you go to the uh, the Apple Podcast app. There's a link there right on the uh, the CIAC podcast page if you want to uh, subscribe and uh, and make sure you get all of the latest editions of the CIAC cast. We, uh, as I said, we're doing two consecutive episodes. Probably are going to take a few weeks off now for the summer. Uh, I think next week we're actually I'm going to be uh, at a conference. Uh, we can talk a little bit about that. Uh, but then the following week is the Fourth of July. I don't think we'll do one that week. So look for one uh, a new podcast probably the week of July 10th uh, through the 14th we'll get one out uh, that week and and then uh, believe it or not we'll be uh, into the heart of the summer so we'll uh, hopefully have some new new content for you there as well so all of that said let's quickly get to things you might have missed on CIACsports.com not a lot there at the moment a little bit of a quiet time of year as we catch our breath from the championship season as always uh, every Friday we've got a new edition of linked up although this week we may not get it out till Monday so keep an eye out for that um of course the podcast we got the linked up spring championships if you're still looking for championship content and then as i said we're gonna have something there on the website i believe probably monday uh that we hope that uh, fans will enjoy kind of another big uh recap and uh and something that the the fans can get involved in uh from the past year so look for that uh i don't want to tease it any more than that don't want to give you too much but uh really hope you'll check out the website It'll probably be posted sometime on monday uh and uh and that'll be a lot of fun also doing things with twitter and, and facebook and all that good stuff as well so uh, a quick addition of things you might have missed and also a quick reminder from our friends at the connecticut department of transportation look you've heard me talk about this uh every week uh, or every uh, podcast, and there's a reason. One, because it's uh, an important message, and, and, uh, and it's just one that uh, is continued to be timely here. It's the summer now, and uh, you may be out. You may be having a little more time uh, relaxing and, and out in the car. Uh, just just do not take your phone out and look at it while you're driving. It's just a uh, you're putting yourself at risk. You're putting other people at risk. It's not worth the risk at all. That's uh, that's what we want to say. You're uh, one of our colleagues here uh, at the CIAC. She told me that her husband is terrible with this, and she always tells him, you're not that important. Uh, nothing, no email, no text that you're getting at that minute uh, is so important that you're going to put your life at risk. Keep your phone tucked away. Please, one text or call could wreck it all. That's the message from our friends at the Connecticut Department of Transportation. So uh, put the phone away. Keep it in your pocket. Keep it in the center console where you can't see it. Keep it in your bag, whatever you need to do. Just don't tempt yourself, and, uh, and everyone will be safe out there on the roads this summer. That's certainly our hope. Uh, for all of you who are listening. So with that said, let's get to our guests. we got a little more championship talk here. It's uh, the, the last week of June, basically, so we're going to kind of recap and, and really try to cover all of the spring championships as best we can. And we're going to start that off with Mary Albel of DieStat.com, one of our favorite folks, does a great job covering uh, track and field and cross country. And uh, we're going to get in touch with her and see what she can tell us about the, uh, the CIAC uh, state track and field championships. 
putting a bow on the spring championship season. We had checked in with some folks prior to the CIAC State Track and Field Championship, so now we want to uh, reach out to one of our old friends, Mary Albel from DieStat.com, to, uh, to cover what happened at those CIAC Track and Field Championships and also cover some of the other things uh, that went on in New England and then nationally for some of our track athletes. So, Mary, thanks for being with us. Yeah, of course. Always a pleasure to uh, to be on and talk Connecticut track and field. We know you do it. Uh, you do it very well. You are all over this stuff. So let's uh, we'll get right to it here. And uh, we had you know the the divisional championships, of course, and then the state open meet. So we'll just ask without uh, making you go into detail about every single meet and every single result. But uh, what were some of the biggest takeaways or moments uh, for you from the divisional and open uh, track and field championships, Mary? I think what was unique about this outdoor track and field season was just the parity. Um, again, you know, a lot of big names, individuals were gone. From um, last year, we graduated, you know, some of the top distance kids and stuff. So mm -hmm. I think you saw the effects of that, and um, which made for a really interesting and um, exciting, you know, divisional and open championship. You saw, you know, some teams like the Derby Boys, you know, they won their first Class S um, title since 1976, you know. Bloomfield continued their tradition. Um, you saw Staples boys win double L. You know, you saw some newcomers like Northwest mm -hmm. Catholic girls win in Class M. So I think it was just kind of that parody, and that's um, what you kind of want to see, you know, every now and then. You don't like, you know, I mean, it is fun to see those teams, you know, continue their dominance and winning streaks. But it's nice to have some newcomers and see some teams and other athletes shine. Yeah, no question. We did have a, a handful of uh, of. of as you mentioned, some surprises, a little bit of surprises. We'll get to that in a little bit. But uh, what about some of the performances, some of the individual efforts uh, that kind of stood out to you uh, in terms of, uh, of performances that really kind of jumped off the page and, and jumped off the track for you? Yeah, again, just kind of going back to, you know, um, there were some familiar names this season, but, um, you know, some newcomers did step up. Um, for instance, um, Aisha Gay of Hamden, a junior. She really put herself on the map in the sprints. Um, you know, winning the 200 and 400 at the State Open and mm -hmm. uh, later on having some success at the New Englands. But she was definitely one of those names um, that kind of jumped out at you. Um, again, on the girls' side, Brittany Jones of Bloomfield, she really just kind of put a nice finishing stamp on her career. Um, just dominance in the shot put, you know, going over 45 feet, very consistent thrower. So she was another fun one to watch. Um, and again, I think uh, we'll talk about this a little later, but the girls' pole vault, um, that was really exciting. There was a lot of consistency and a lot of new names that emerged. Um, I think there was a handful of girls that were capable of going over 11 feet, and that was spread out throughout the state. You know, Bradford, Tolland, um, just kind of everywhere. Mm -hmm. There seemed to be, you know, somebody west and somebody able to compete in that event. Um, a name that a lot of people are familiar with, uh, Mark Doyle of Weaver. He yep. Um, was able to just finish off his sprinting career, you know, on a on a high note. And he's one of those who's off to college in San Francisco, but he just had a really nice final outdoor season. No question, yeah. Has, uh, had a, a good story on him in the Hartford Current and other places. Uh, capped a, a very impressive high school career. What about uh, what about sort of on the team side? Obviously, you hit on some of the teams uh, and some of the, you know, standout uh, or sort of takeaways, but uh, any team performances in terms of how those teams kind of came together and, and put a championship together that really impressed you from either the divisional or the state champion, the state open? Yeah, um, just the Tallinn girls, you know, they've obviously had a lot of success. Corey's done an amazing job with them. Um, he's stepping down, so he will be missed. 
but um, they moved up to double M and just um, being able to continue that team dominance um, and find a way to pull out another championship was really awesome to see. Um, kind of sticking in the Hartford County area, mm-hmm. um, the Northwest Catholic girls, I believe they had made six, seven girls on their team, and they pulled off um, the Class M championship, and I wow. don't think a lot of many people <laughs> had thought they were going to do that. Um, Massic boys, first time ever winning double M. And then I think the story really um, of the state open was the hand boys winning. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't think anybody, I talked to a lot of coaches, you know, they're like, didn't see this coming, you know, and not to take anything away from hand, you know, Danbury had a few injuries, Staples, you know, lost a few points here and there, but just really a testament to hand and them getting a lot of points in the field events and just um, what Tim Gary's done with that program, you know, they're always known for their success in the pole vault and it's really great to see them finally get that state open championship. Yeah, no, as we talked about, uh, you know, teams earning their first title, uh, Daniel Hand with that first state open. They had won divisional championships before, but uh, that, that first state open title kind of uh, came, as, a, as you said, as a bit of a surprise. So it kind of uh, puts a little bit of a, a bow on the, uh, the state championships. We'll move on. You know, obviously for a lot of these track athletes, uh, the conclusion of the CIAC season is not uh, the conclusion of the championship season. Uh, a lot of great athletes went on to the New England championships as well. Uh, what were some of the noteworthy performances for, uh, for Connecticut athletes at the, at the New England meet, Mary? Yeah, it was a really strong showing at the New England Championships um, just a few weeks ago up in Massachusetts. Um, again, going back to Mark Doyley, you know, he was able to take third place in the 100, not the finish he wanted, but he did get a PR, you know, getting really close to that state record and then coming back and winning the 200. Um, he really just was such a consistent sprinter, and um, I think it doesn't get talked about as enough just how hard it is to stay healthy in the mm-hmm. sprints, and he um, has done a pretty good job of that. So for him to come back and, you know, win that 200 New England title was great to see. Um, Tyler Glean of Trumbull in the 800, he um, he was close again to that state record, didn't get it from cl- from uh, Henry Wynn, mm-hmm. but um, 151.34, great time to win. Um, again, going back to the girls' pole vault, um, the top five finishers were all from Connecticut. <laughs> wow. Um, and that was really neat to see. Five of the six on the podium were from Connecticut, and four of the five that medaled are underclassmen, so mm-hmm. they're all coming back, which is really amazing to see. Um, the 100 hurdles, you know, and it's kind of a classic rivalry. You know, Simsbury, Danbury, Bloomfield, um, they've all ran against each other. Vicki, Bridget, you know, kind of they all know each other familiar. Um, they went one, two, three, and that was really neat to see. Um, all very talented athletes. Um, again, I talked about her before, Hamden Jr., Aisha Gay. She mm-hmm. won the 400. Um, and that's really tough to do as an underclassman when the 400, a very grueling event, and that was great to see. Um, Cromwell of Yearwood, she took just a ninth grader, took second in the 100. Great performance from that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, again, it just kind of goes back to that consistency. You know, I was talking with Marty Ogden of Danbury, and Connecticut always seems to have a strong showing at um, New England's. Um, you saw on the boys' side, Four by one, four by four, four by eight were all won by Connecticut teams, and that's just really great. You know, Bloomfield, Danbury, all represented 
really well in the relays at New England. Yeah, no, certainly uh, making uh, making Connecticut track and field look very, very good uh, at the New England meet. And then now I know it's uh, it's also become kind of maybe more and more common that uh, that after the New England championship, uh, a handful of, uh, of Connecticut athletes will start moving on to some of these national competitions that we're seeing uh, around the country. So what were some of the uh, some of the Connecticut folks who made a little bit of noise on the national stage here, Mary, as we kind of wrapped up the, the track and field season? Yeah, again, you alluded to that, you know, it's um – all those kids love to go down to, you know, the armory in the winter to compete at New Balance indoors, and then those who can make the trek down to North Carolina for outdoors. Um, it's just a really good cap to the season. Mm-hmm. And if you're an underclassman, you know, an amazing experience, and um, also just get experience running against other athletes. Um, but probably the top performance, I would say, would be um, Scott of Greenwich. He was one of the top high jumpers in the state. Didn't get talked about enough. Um he took third as a PR going over seven feet, mm-hmm. um, All-American status. Um, hadn't heard about too much of him, you know, before his senior season. He kind of came on junior year, but um, really outstanding performance, seven feet, .25. Um, and then New Milford's uh, Mia Nahome, I believe she's going to UConn, um, had a strong showing in the mile, two mile. She was kind of the, the distance standout we've always Connecticut's always kind of had a tradition of strong distance runners. Yep. She really took that that torch and kind of held it this year. Um, another name, she's just a junior, Amanda Howe of um, Southington. Mm-hmm. She won the girls' emerging elite hammer throw, which um, they don't get to compete too often in the hammer throw in Connecticut during the season. So that was impressive to see. Again, an underclassman, strong in the disc, in the throws. So she'll definitely be one to watch for. Um, Next year, and then a lot of teams, you had Hand, Bloomfield, Danbury. Um, a lot of those teams competed in the Emerging Elite in the relays and um, had some success. Right. So, again, you know, not the championship level, but still gaining that experience and ending that season on a high note, which is what you want to see. Very true. Yep. So it's uh, an exciting way to uh, to wrap up the uh, the track and field season. Uh it's uh, the first championship in the, of the spring for the CIC, and it seems to go on for a while between the divisional and then the open, and then those, as we said, those a lot of those kids keep on competing. But uh, it was a great season for a lot of them, and as we said, certainly representing Connecticut well. So, Mary, we uh, are always grateful to uh, to have you join us. Do great work keeping tabs on all of the track and field uh, comings and goings for DieStat.com. So, uh, thanks very much as always, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you again maybe in the fall. All right, sounds good. Thank you. Thanks so much to Mary. Always happy to uh, to chat with her. She does a great job covering uh, all of the uh, the track and field stuff, and uh, she really loves it. Really loves diving into it and uh, and telling those stories. So keep an eye out for her things at uh, at diestat.com. Great coverage uh, of the Connecticut uh, track and field and cross country scenes. Next up, boys volleyball. We were uh, able to get on the phone with uh, with Kurt Burns, the head coach of uh, the Newington boys volleyball team, who came away with the championship in Class M. So let's hear what uh, what the coach has to tell us about the uh, his team's run to a CIAC championship. We have with us now uh, Kurt Burns, who is the head coach of the Newington High School boys volleyball team that capped its season with a championship in the Class M uh, boys volleyball tournament. So we're going to jo- have him join us now, talk a little bit about their championship run. Coach, thanks so much for being with us, and congratulations. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. 
So let's uh, b before we get kind of into the tournament uh, here, let's let's back up and, and kind of talk about your team and, and the regular season as a whole. Uh, you know, had a had a strong season as you went through and were able to uh, to earn the number four seed in the Class M tournament, uh, coming all the way through there with the uh, the record of thirteen and seven during the regular season. But just tell me a little bit about kind of how the season progressed for you for your team and, and sort of how uh, how things shook out, how you sort of would. Uh, would, would would kind of describe how your season went prior to the tournament and kind of how you were feeling about the, your team uh, heading into the CIAC tournament season. Uh, sure. Uh, yes, we uh, you know we play in the uh, very competitive uh, Central Connecticut Conference, which is as of this year is divided into three divisions. We are in the South Division, and that includes uh, such you know state powers as Southington, Glastonbury. Maloney's usually pretty pretty solid program, and a much much improved Buckley program from Hartford that really uh, seemed to turn their program around this year. So um, we have to go through that, you know, home and away with each one of those. So there's eight there. Then we get some crossovers in the other divisions, which are usually strong programs as well because it's based on your prior year's record. Right. Um, so we picked up some good crossovers there with East Hartford and um, South Windsor. Who kind of premonition there? We actually <laughs> want to play them in the final, but yep. um, that was based on their strong record from 2016. Um, then I schedule, you know, Cheshire. Um, traditionally, we, we've played them for many, many years, and they have a great program down there. Uh, Lewis Mills uh, as well, uh, great, great tradition and great program there. So um, picked up Enfield, which is a new L school after merging with Fermi. So. Adding all that up, we do play a very competitive schedule. So you know, to come out of that and uh, with a thirteen and seven record um, is uh, you know it's, it's it's understandable. You know, we always want to have a little bit uh, higher seeding. On uh, the past couple of tournament runs where we've won titles, we've been ranked a little bit higher, one or two or three. But um, you know, we kind of thought that uh, the strength of schedule was uh, very important, and uh, so we we pursued that. Yeah, so you were uh, well prepared uh, getting into the to the tournament, and then uh, uh, it, it seemed like uh, it was going to be a, a little bit of uh, foreshadowing. With uh, you start off in the quarterfinals with a, a tough come from behind three two victory over Lewis Mills, uh, and then obviously with a, a three one win over Barlow in the semifinals, and then another uh, you mentioned come from behind victory over South Windsor. So you know how how sort of would you uh, assess you know what was uh, what was uh, what was it that made your team so successful in the tournament and, and particularly the ability to to stage these comebacks after falling behind by two sets in both the uh, the quarterfinals and the uh, the championship match uh, I'd have to say it was the experience of uh, having to play those type of matches throughout the year um, you know looking at our results page here we we went the distance you know three two and 1816 with Farmington on our season opener and as we know, they made it quite far in the uh, in the M tournament. Mm -hmm. um, we went five with East Hartford, um, and they wound up being in the finals of L. Uh, went five with Lewis Mills during the season, so nothing surprising there. Went five with Southington. So, and all these five setters. Uh, sometimes the dynamic is different. We either had a, maybe a lead, or we're going you know alternating sets, winning one, losing one. And in some cases, we've been down 0-2. Um, and uh, as I always tell my team that you know volleyball is is a sport where you've got to get that last point and you can't run the clock out like you can in basketball or football mm -hmm. or some of those types of sports and um, it's more like I guess baseball where you get the final out and volleyball you get the final point and uh, to never never stop competing no matter what the the match score or set score may be that there's a chance like until that you know final point is scored that gives one team the victory that there's always a chance that whether you're down you can come back or vice versa if you're up you can always still you know 
somebody can come from behind and get you. So mm-hmm. uh, it's just the nature of the game. And uh, you know, we we practice that a lot in our practices. It's called scenarios. You know, where we set a score and we try to come back from a deficit or such. And um, yeah, it's just experience of doing that is uh, really comes into play there. And the fact that again, we never we never want to stop competing until the final whistle is blown. Yeah, talk a little bit about uh, that that championship match. So we said you're you're down uh, two nothing to South Windsor, a team that you've played. Uh, you mentioned started the season or, or early in the season squared off against them, uh, a conference uh, foe there. How are you? How are you sort of uh, feeling? Obviously, you're not not where you want to be down two zero, but uh, you know what was sort of your your view at that point, and and what were some of the things that uh, the keys that were able to help you uh, to rally back and and have your team come away with the championship. Yeah, um, yeah, we had played South Windsor way back in the second match of the season, and we were swept by them. And at the time, we were still really finding ourselves, finding our lineup, and um, you know, we knew we were by no means a finished product at that time. But neither was South Windsor. And then we both went through our seasons where um, they had some significant injuries to a to a key player, and you know, we were we were going through different lineups, and <clears throat> we um we kind of kind of settled into I guess what we we're going to do by around May first, and we had a pretty good run in May, and. Uh, you know, so we started to play uh, the way we could play, but we always knew that you know the M division was going to be very balanced and very competitive. So, mm-hmm. um, didn't really matter um, you know who we played, where we played them, uh, what the what the match, uh, the flow of the match was. Um, that again, it was going to be really tight, and you could see through all class M, not just in our bracket, but uh, a lot of five setters went yes. there. And um, so, what what we we just tried to match up the best we could with their best players. Um, you know, we game planned for that. And um, you know, see if we could uh, disrupt what they like to do, and kind of do things that maybe they didn't expect us to do. And uh, again, just never stop competing, no matter no matter what this, the match score was. And uh, fortunately, we uh, we wanted to come up on out on top at the end. Yeah, uh, tell me a little bit about you know, sort of the specifically to this team. What were some of the the strengths uh, that that you felt like uh, that that this uh, this Newington team had that uh, that that was able to help you kind of uh, come away with the championship this season? I'd say we uh, had some. I had some good athletes. Um, my hitters had some had some good, powerful arms, which is really important in volleyball. I think a number of my players were very flexible as far as positions they could play. Uh, we played different guys at different positions throughout the year as we were trying to find you know what was our best lineup combination that we could use. So mm-hmm. that was that was always something we we kind of worked on. And you know when we finally settled on what we thought was our best lineup. You know, we went with that, but uh, there was a lot of during the season. There was a lot of changes in our lineup and our rotations and things. And I think just the flexibility. And I have a I had a good core of guys that um, not only played volleyball but came from from other sports. You know, basketball players, soccer players, swimmers, uh, just different walks of sport. You know, that in high school, and they bring that their their own athletic talent with them. And uh, we we just mold them into volleyball players and volleyball team. And hopefully, it'll it'll work out for us. And this year, it did. Yeah, no, it uh, really was a, a, a tremendous season, and uh, then capped with a really, as you said, you look at that uh, that class M bracket, and there's a uh, three-two matches all over the place. Was a thrilling, uh, a thrilling tournament, and uh, and a great championship for Newington. So, just curious, uh, I'll let you uh, go with this question, but sort of just a final question: What are you kind of going to remember most uh, uh, about this championship run, the the 2017 uh, class M championship for Newington? What's going to sort of stand out for you? I know it's a program that uh, has had some uh, had a lot of success. With with championships is certainly not the first, but uh, what sort of is going to stick out and, and is kind of the biggest memory for you from this uh, 2017 season? I'd have to say it was just the fact that um, you know as a team we uh, we saw that you know that the um, 
the, the field was, was very uh, competitive and wide open this year and that if we didn't put the effort in in order to, um, to play our best and make our best effort, you know, and, and we didn't do that and then wind up not, you know, getting a crack at a championship, um, I think we'd really regret that. So I think they all bought into the fact that, yeah, this, let's go for it this year, particularly my seniors. You know, this is their last sport of their senior year and, um, that, you know, let's put the effort in, um, the, the, the tournaments out there to grab, you know, let's go for it. And, uh, I think that's what I really take from it, is that they, they did buy into that uh, mindset and really made an effort again. And then no matter what, however, the matches unfolded, they never, they never stopped competing. And then, uh, I think the result kind of shows what, uh, what happens when you do that. Yep. No question about it. So coach, we, uh, we greatly appreciate it. And, uh, congratulations again, Newington volleyball, the, uh, the class M boys volleyball champions in, uh, in 2017. Congratulations. And, and thanks so much for joining us. Well, thank you very much for having me. Thank you so much to the coach for uh, getting on the phone with us there and talking a little bit about his team. Obviously very proud, and uh, as he should be, of the work that his athletes were able to do uh, in earning that uh, very, very exciting and dramatic uh, Class M championship. You looked at that Class M tournament, really was uh, a pretty remarkable run. We apologize. We weren't able. We tried to track down some folks from uh, from the Darien uh, champions in Class L in boys volleyball, but the scheduling uh, was not able to, uh, to work out there. But we certainly want to uh, give a shout-out to them as well, earned a, uh, a championship after two consecutive runner-up uh, finishes the last two years. So uh, well-deserved for them as they were able to earn the title in Class L Boys Volleyball. Now let's wrap things up for this week. Three guests this week, and we're going to get on the phone with somebody we know very well here on the CIC cast. We talk uh, a lot of different sports with him. He's usually here for our, our championship recap, recaps when we talk ice hockey, but uh, he knows his baseball as well, and he was there uh, at Palmer Field for all of the baseball championships as well as a few other uh, events along the way during the spring. So let's get on the phone with Don Boyle of the NFHS Network. We normally uh, catch this gentleman after hockey season, but we were able to uh, to track him down uh, for to talk a little baseball and some other spring championship sports. We've got Don Boyle of the NFHS Network with us, and uh, Don, thanks as always for joining us. It's nice to be alongside. I call this coffee with Joel, and uh, I, I look forward to it after every season, so... I'm ready to go. Well, we look forward to it as well. Although you didn't actually buy me any coffee, so that's uh, I'm not sure we could uh, <laughs> could officially dub it that. But we'll we'll, we'll let it slide uh, to start with. So before we uh, the, the the main reason we're calling you is to talk a little baseball, as you were on hand uh, with the NFHS Network covering all four of the baseball championships. But you were also uh, made your way down to New Haven in the Connecticut uh, Tennis Center for the uh, the championships of the. Boys and girls uh, state opens in singles and doubles. So, wanted to quickly get your impressions uh, on what you saw there on a very uh, a beautiful day, uh, kind of in the midst of all the championship craziness. Uh, you witnessed some good tennis. What uh, what kind of impressions and, and what stood out to you from uh, from a day of singles and doubles uh, championship play in boys and girls tennis, Don? Uh, what really stood out was uh, all the folks who competed in doubles or was it singles. Uh, had some great talent, uh, you know, great technique. It looked like these uh, young players are getting some great schooling at a very young age, and they're able to uh, translate that to uh, championship play. So the matches were just terrific. And, of course, you, you can't say enough about the venue. The Connecticut Tennis Center is absolutely beautiful. It's uh, made for professional tennis, as you know. Every August uh, they bring the women in, some of the best in the world. They get a chance to compete just before the U.S. Open. So the venue uh, also makes it real special. So to be there on a beautiful day uh, was exciting. You know, first talking about the uh, the boys in uh, boys singles, uh, Andrew Forchetti, 
and Evan Fletcher, Evan Fletcher uh, victorious uh, in a couple of sets. Uh, uh, Jetty uh, for the first time in Notre Dame history, they had a player uh, in a championship, and uh, Fletcher just a little too strong for him there um, out of Staples, so certainly a terrific, terrific uh, match there. And that one, moving on to the doubles, mm-hmm. um, another another great match is uh, on the Lance and Soifer uh, able to beat Greenwald and uh, Tooker, 6-2-6-2, but it was high-quality tennis. Uh, on the girls' side of the ledger, uh, you had a defending state champion, which uh, always makes it quite interesting uh, to see how a defending state champ is going to, uh, you know, respond. And, uh, well, the great job by uh, Alexandra Danucci out of Glastonbury with a 6-1 6-3 win over Gabrielle Delacona. Delacona's going to be a good one, by the way. Uh, she's just a young, young player. <laughs> That's yeah. a lot of upside there. And on the double side, perhaps one of the most entertaining uh, events of them all, um, Devon Yagme and uh, Taylor Yagme able to uh, beat Megan Brown and Kristen Butler 6-0. 7-6 is Brown and Butler with a gallant effort in set two trying to extend that one. So uh, just a great day of tennis and some outstanding players. Yeah, no question. It really is. I think it's a great, uh, it's a nice, fun way to kind of cap the tennis season. And when the weather uh, weather allows and lets us get out uh, there at the at the big stadium in uh, in New Haven, it's a lot of fun. I think for the kids, uh, you know, to get that to get that opportunity. And as you said, some good tennis, some good champions, and uh, we we always enjoy uh, being able to 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 put a uh, put a exclamation point on the uh, the the Connecticut high school tennis season at the uh, the tennis center. So. Moving on to uh, to baseball, you were once again in attendance at Palmer Field, as you have been for many many years now, uh, keeping tabs on the, uh, the on the baseball championship. So we'll kind of go game by game here and just get your uh, your impressions, sort of, of of the thing. I think maybe the it seemed like the big story, uh, at least uh, coming out of things, was uh, was in Class L, where uh, foreign uh, maybe with the most improbable run to a state championship, uh, certainly in Connecticut baseball and maybe in any sport. Uh, able to come away with the win over North Haven. What uh, what jumped out at you in that Class L final, Don? Foreign looked like a Major League Baseball team in that <laughs> championship game versus North Haven. Uh, of course, Coach DeMeo tried every trick in the book to slow down the Foreign Lions, but the, they just caught fire at the right time, and it was quite a story. Uh, they were just so powerful as a number 32 seed. They got great pitching. Everything just came together for them. It was uh, absolutely amazing. Yeah, no question. As uh, we did a little research, and that is the 32 seed. That's now the lowest seed to ever win a uh, a CIAC state championship, at least in sort of the modern era and or modern system of our seeds in the 32 team bracket. So uh, a pretty remarkable run. Uh, a very different kind of game in, in Class S. Don, you had uh, it seemed like pitching was kind of the story for much of the weekend, but uh, in Class S, that was not the case. As Holy Cross and Lyman Memorial slugged their way to uh, 22 runs combined with uh, Holy Cross coming up with the victory by a 13 to 9 score what was uh, what was the story from your perspective in that class S final uh, could somebody get anybody out <laughs> I mean both teams were so powerful Holy Cross of course winning that the class S championship as you mentioned by the score 13 to 9 uh, they had a 14 hits and you know, 13 runs, and the, they were just hitting that ball all over the park. The wind was blowing out, and, the, you know, both teams took advantage of that, and it was just a terrific, terrific game. Uh, it was a lot of fun to watch. Um, I do prefer the uh, pitching pitching duels, however, but it was a good, 
good one. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, no, certainly. I know our uh, our tournament director Fred Balsamo maybe prefers a pitching duel to make sure we uh, make sure we stay on schedule for the uh, trying to fit three baseball games in on a on a championship Saturday. But uh, the day, the game that kicked off the uh, the championship Saturday there uh, in in baseball double L um, Staples finally able to end the uh, remarkable run of Amity. Somebody finally able to solve that uh, that Amity team in the postseason. What uh, what was the story from your perspective in uh, in Staples earning the win in? Class double L done. It was Chad Knight's day. He was absolutely outstanding. He clobbed a home run to straightaway center field. You know, I think I've been covering the uh, CIC baseball championships for close to 12 years, and most of the games have been played out of Parma Field. At least the games that have been played at Parma Field, I've never seen anybody hit the ball out of the ballpark to straightaway center field at uh, at Parma. And uh, Chad Knight did that. Eventually, it turned into the winning runs, and then. He was just so game on the mound. He was just so tough for a youngster, only a sophomore. He was really the outstanding player uh, of the entire tournament, I think, and that home run just kind of uh, put the exclamation point on the win over an Amity team. You know, you look at him and you go, what happened? What happened? It is nearly impossible to win five in a row, as we learn, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, with the graduation and, and the like. So just a, a, my hat's off to uh, Amity and Sal Capola for just putting together a team that made a great run. But the Wreckers, they, they deserved it. They, they were absolutely terrific, led by Chad Knight. Yeah, no, uh, as you said, uh, really a, a pretty a singular performance from uh, from Mr. Knight there in the uh, in the double L final and ending what uh, yeah really was a run that sort of defied logic uh, a little bit from Amity to, to go that long without dropping a game and what uh, what we've seen is a can be a very unpredictable uh, state tournament uh, in in Connecticut high school baseball so uh, and then the game that opened up the the championship weekend you talked about dominating performances there was certainly one on the mound uh, for Waterford as well uh, the the winningest uh, state championship baseball team in, in Connecticut High School uh, baseball, Waterford. They pick up another championship, knocking off Lewis Mills uh, in the championship game Friday night in the game that opened up the weekend. What was uh, what was the story there, Don, for Waterford earning another title? It was my, uh, Mike Burrows, 15 strikeouts. Uh, he was throwing that ball consistently, 88, 90, 91 miles per hour. Uh, he certainly could locate that pitch. Uh, he was also a demon at the plate. Uh, helping Waterbury. It was kind of interesting. My, my co-announcer, uh, Steve Riley, picked it up in the first inning. He coaches out at Seymour and, and helps out with the team out there. But he noticed that uh, Burroughs was uh, lining up improperly at the what they call the mound, the pitching plate. Mm-hmm. Um, something was said about that, that between the, the first and second inning after Riley had mentioned it in the first inning, which was kind of interesting. I don't know if they were listening to the NFHS broadcast, <laughs> but he had to change his pitching style out in the mound uh, I think he threw a pitch that kind of went to the backstop, maybe struggled with that batter. But from that point on, he just settled down and was absolutely outstanding. He's already committed to UConn, and uh, they, I got a feeling they've got themselves a pretty good ball player uh, when he graduates. So uh, just a, a great win uh, for Waterford and uh, Mike Burrows. But he was certainly uh, probably uh, another uh, right up there as MVP uh, for uh, all ball players in the state of Connecticut the way he played. Yeah, no, it was uh, another uh, just overwhelming performance uh, from him there as Waterford uh, earns the title. You've mentioned uh, a couple of uh, performances, individual performances that really stood out to you. Were there any other, uh, you know, players uh, that that particularly uh, caught your eye over the span of uh, over two days and four games there at Palmer Field over the weekend? 
Yeah, I think so. I, I think it was the, the, the pitching for four, and Chris Gogley, who picked up the win, was absolutely uh, outstanding. Uh, he came on late in the ball game, and uh, he was really just a, a, a dominating uh, pitcher from that standpoint. And I think he kind of set the tone. He had a fastball that uh, uh, North Haven just couldn't catch up with. And then, you know, you got to give kudos, I think, uh, to uh, all the coaches, uh, because all these players – uh, went out and uh, and, and played uh, with great sportsmanship, and, and, and that was great to see. So uh, Garrett Walker, uh, the head coach of Foreign, let's not forget about uh, uh, about his performance. You know, his dad uh, died suddenly a few years back, and he took over the coaching job. And uh, lo and behold, he wins uh, he wins the championship. His dad had passed away in 2012, so he also had that emotional side uh, to that uh, stunning Foreign. Win so that might that might be the biggest take of it all. It's a kind of a spiritual, I think, awakening for a lot of folks, and uh, kind of gives you chills thinking about it. Yeah, no question. It was a uh, as we said, a, a pretty remarkable run, a magical run for them, and uh, and did have that emotion behind it. So, Don, we uh, we hope folks uh, were able to check out the broadcasts on the NFHS network, and if they haven't yet, they are uh, available on demand. You can go and uh, and relive some of these games that uh, that uh, Mr. Boyle was kind enough to uh, to chat with us about, and we will. Uh, we will look forward to catching up with you again soon. Uh, once we get into the fall, maybe another uh, coffee with Joel, and we can uh, can get through uh, some more high school events. So, Don, as always, we appreciate it. Uh, thank you, Joel. Thanks to Don Boyle. Thanks to Mary Albel. Thanks to Kurt Burns. Thanks to all of our guests. We always appreciate folks taking a little time to uh, to chat with us uh, about what's going on in the world of high school sports in Connecticut. So that's going to do it for this edition of the CIAC cast. As always, you can uh, can find us at CIACsports.com and consider, please consider subscribing to us uh, uh, through the uh, the Apple podcasts. You can uh, can find us there, CIAC cast, subscribe, rate us, leave us a review, all that stuff is uh, is much appreciated if you would consider doing those things for us uh, there uh, online. We would love it. You can uh, follow us on Twitter at CIAC Sports. We uh, will be having things going on all throughout the summer. Even if we're not posting uh, a lot of new stuff at CIACsports.com, you can always follow the Twitter feed, get a sense of what's going on uh, with that, and uh, and we always post about new things that do go up. So you can uh, that's a great way to keep apprised of what's happening with the CIAC during the summer months. So uh, you can also, of course, email us. I haven't given you the email address. That is CIACcast, so C-I-A-C-C-A-S-T, at C-A-S-C-I-A-C dot O-R-G. Let us know. We... Uh the summer months are usually uh, a time when we try to do some different things, some different conversations here on the CIC cast. Let us know who you think would be somebody interesting to chat with and uh, and talk about the various uh, issues or stories that are going on in the world of Connecticut high school sports. So we hope to uh, to uh, you'll give us some feedback there, and, uh, and that'll be fun. We can uh, get a little, maybe we'll do a, a listener request episode of the CIC cast where all of our guests are folks that you all have requested. So please uh, feel free to, uh, to send us a message there and let us know who you'd like to hear from again twitter at ciac sports facebook.com slash ciac sports and ciac sports.com are all of the places you can uh, stay up to date with the happenings the comings and goings of the ciac so with that said uh as i mentioned we'll probably be off for a couple of weeks hopefully be back uh that uh, second week of july the week after the the fourth of july holiday uh with a new edition of the ciac cast but uh until then we thank you very much for listening and hope you will join us one more time when we do return for another edition of the ciac cast